It's so good to be here. Uh, I've actually been overwhelmed with joy, just worshiping and getting to know people here. Just, just so thankful for the Spirit of God here. I love coming to Manitoba. Manitoba has a special place in our family. My great-grandfather, David Love, immigrated from Northern Ireland to Portage area in 1864 and of course the reason I really love Manitoba is my wife was born and raised in Brandon and then I took her away to Alberta so sorry about that. Uh, I'd like to tell you about Kathy. She's an immigrant from China. From the moment she arrived in Canada she was very intense about learning English. She enrolled in uh, ESL classes at our church and every class Kathy came with a long list of questions she had about English. And uh, she, we're just trying to help her make sense of this crazy language with so many irregularities. She began to attend a class called Bridges, where we study English language, Canadian culture, and Christian faith. And then attended three semesters of Alpha, at first just to improve her English, but then she wanted to understand more about God. She came to Bible studies and eventually became a baptized believer. Kathy said that when her husband and daughter came to Canada, they would also be baptized. And my wife asked her if they also believed, and she said, it didn't matter, they would do whatever she said. (laughs) So after several years, Kathy's teenage daughter, Karen, was eventually able to join her here in Canada. And so soon after arriving, Karen announced that she wanted to be baptized as well. So my wife was a little cautious about this. She asked if she wanted to follow Jesus for the rest of her life, and uh, Karen said yes. Her mom, Kathy, had been teaching her about Jesus during their regular phone calls over a period of several years. And one day on the phone, when her mom explained about how the Holy Spirit helps a person live for Jesus, then Kathy, um, then Karen understood. It made sense to her. She gave her life to Jesus, and in her own words, she said, from that day on, her life was wonderful. I'm sure you're familiar with the fact that immigrants are streaming to our country. About 300,000 new Canadians came to Canada in 2016 and in 2017. Immigrants now make up almost 22% of Canada. 5.2% of all new immigrants to Canada moved to Manitoba, and the majority of those come to Winnipeg. More and more immigrants are coming to Manitoba. In 2017, more than 15,000 immigrants became Manitobans. So year after year, newcomers are coming to our cities, our province, and our country. And as a result, many of our neighborhoods are filled with new Canadians, many of whom have never heard of the gospel of our Lord Jesus. God has always wanted us, as his people, to bring the gospel to the ends of the earth. And it seems God is now assisting us in at least one part of that task by bringing the nations to our neighborhoods. I know people here at Gateway are committed to loving your neighbors and helping them experience the joy of relationship with our Lord, I found this quote on your website. Just as Jesus is Lord of heaven and earth, we believe he is Lord of Winnipeg and Manitoba, and it is our desire to make him known so that many more people of this region will know him personally as their Lord and Savior. So it's been a great privilege to get to know Julia, and some of the others who help in the EAL classes here at Gateway. And it's so encouraging to see the, the fast growth of this ministry in the past year. Today, I'd like to encourage you as you continue to show God's love to the community and to care for people's needs. The biblical basis for a ministry to new Canadians begins with creation. 
God is the creator of us all, and as a result, everyone on the earth belongs to him. We share common parents. All people belong to one human family. Everyone we see has been fashioned by God. Everyone is made in his image. And as a result, each one is of infinite value. In the plan of restoration, God chose to work through one nation, the nation of Israel. However, his plan has always been to bless all the peoples of the earth. God said to Abraham, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. God's plan to bless all the families of the earth through Abraham is described by Paul as the gospel in advance. That's in Galatians 3. Joe's an immigrant from China who moved to Canada, made Christian friends, and eventually became a follower of Jesus. He often attends one of our ESL Bible studies. And in his baptismal testimony, he told us about a song he learned as a child and then as a member of the Communist Party. These are the words. There is no God. There is no Savior. We are the ones who do the work. Can you imagine learning that, teaching that to children? There is no God. There is no Savior. I've heard him tell his testimony to others from China who nod when they hear the words of this song because they learned it as well when they were young. Well, we thank God for leading Joe to himself. Joe's a strong believer, raising his two sons to be followers of Jesus as well. And we're praying for his wife, who's not yet open to the gospel. We're so thankful to God for his kindness in using us to help new Canadians learn about the Lord Jesus. Before Christ, we as Gentiles were separated from the plan of God. But in Christ, we are like a wild olive shoot, which has been grafted into the cultivated olive tree, which is Israel. My grandfather was an immigrant from Russia. And as a child, I would visit his home. He had a really large garden. And one thing that fascinated me is he would, he would grow various trees. And he showed me one day how he would cut a branch from one tree, cut a branch from this tree, and then swap them. And then graft this branch over here, and branch this one, graft it over there, and then you know, he'd tie it up. And then they'd start to grow. And over time, this, the branch that had been here, now over here, it would grow the fruit from this tree and the leaves from this tree. And as a child, I was quite impressed with my grandfather. <laughs> All of us are like branches that have been grafted into God's tree. Uh, my grandfather married my grandmother. A few years after getting married, she became a dedicated follower of our Lord Jesus. My grandfather waited till he was close to death before submitting his life to Jesus. Paul tells us we were foreigners and aliens, but now we are fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. As you know, immigrants to Canada often feel like foreigners and aliens, but Jesus has given us the message of the gospel so that they can become fellow citizens with God's people in the kingdom of Christ. Many come to Canada wanting to get the benefits that come from being a citizen of Canada. But God has much bigger plans. He wants them to become citizens of his kingdom through the gospel of Christ. 
Most weeks, Jane is in my small group at our Bridges class. She's an intelligent grandmother from Shanghai. She was an international businesswoman. Over the course of a few years, she became a believer. And recently she said, before I started coming to this class, I just stayed at home and washed dishes. But now when I'm home alone, I feel happy when I remember that I will come to my class. An elderly man from Afghanistan has come to our Bridges Park class and to the monthly parties. He said, now I have my own friends. And I can invite my family to meet my friends at the monthly parties. We've observed that some of the most isolated people are elderly immigrants whose role is primarily to look after grandchildren. They often speak very little English, and they usually have not made connections in the neighborhood. These isolated elderly immigrants are hidden people, and we want to ask God for ways to welcome them to Canada. In the Old Testament, God's people were encouraged to show love and kindness to immigrants. The Lord spoke through Moses to Israel. The Lord loves immigrants, giving them food and clothing. God always cares for the weak, the powerless, and the disenfranchised. And immigrants are often the most powerless people in our society. God gave laws to the people of Israel that help us understand his heart for newcomers among us today. Through Moses, God taught his people to treat the aliens well. He said to them, you are to love the immigrants, for you yourselves were foreigners in Egypt. God told Israel to treat immigrants, strangers, newcomers with justice and love, and to remember what it was like to be foreigners in Egypt. God seems to be giving us a similar message today. He wants us to treat new Canadians well and to help them find justice and compassion. He wants to use us, his people, to serve new Canadians and through this, to draw them to himself. Like your church, our church uh, tries to help people in the community with various physical needs. So we find ways of helping the sick with childcare, with rides, meals. Uh, we help women from a shelter who are trying to make a new life for themselves. We prepare backpacks at the beginning of each school year for students from families who are struggling financially. One of the students in her classes uh, at church was a refugee from southern Sudan. And at one time, he had been a child slave. But he escaped to Egypt, where he spent several years in a refugee camp before immigrating to Canada. My wife and I got to know him, visited him and his family, and he showed us a used car that he purchased at a dealership in the northwest part of Calgary. He bought the used car because a mechanic had told him the engine for his old car needed to be replaced. And he was told that repair would cost $6,000. He showed me the paperwork for the new car and I saw that he'd agreed to pay 29% per annum interest for this car. He's not very good in English. He didn't understand the contract. His income was slightly above minimum wage and would only be enough to cover his housing expenses and his car payments. So no money left for food. One man from our church went to the dealership to explain that this contract was going to bankrupt our friend. But they refused to break the deal unless we would pay for the commission earned by the salesman who'd take advantage of our friend. Well, someone from our church graciously took on that expense. A mechanic looked at his old car and found it could be fixed with an oil change and a small tune-up. 
It's frustrating to see how some people take advantage of newcomers. Some immigrants are weak in English and lack the kind of Canadian life experience that would keep them from crooked business people. God told the people of Israel to treat newcomers like one of their own and to love them. And God has given us opportunities to help new Canadians so they can settle into Canada well. Two of our uh, friends at church are immigrants from Malaysia. And when they first came to Canada, they moved to Toronto, where Hin uh, was employed. And they didn't know anybody there. So this was 26 years ago when they came to Canada. Uh, May was pregnant and went to the hospital, gave birth to their first child, a son. And while they're in the hospital, uh, May was sharing a room with another woman. So Hin and May, May's in one bed, and this other bed uh, of a woman who just given birth had a constant steady stream of visitors. Uh, f- lots of family, uh, friends, all sorts of church people came to visit, and she was bestowed with all sorts of gifts and flowers. Hin and May, not a single person came to visit them. So two women had noticed, and it may had nobody there. And so they made connections, and after May got home from the hospital, they went to uh, their apartment, and they brought some gifts for the baby. And uh, Hin and May served them tea. Uh, Hin actually took a photo of them. And uh, uh, it was a great, great kind thing to do, simple thing to do. Not so much follow-up, because that was the last they saw of these people. But it made a really strong impression on Hin and May. But six months later, they were still feeling quite lonely, and they decided, you know, those people were from a church. Maybe if we went to a church, we could make some friends. Uh, so they, they had a church. They just went to the closest church to their apartment. They walked in, and they started sitting at the back. They came for a few weeks. And soon after starting at the church, the man at the front, at the end of his talk, he asked people to put up their hands. And, uh, and when Hin tells the story, he said, yeah, May is like elbowing me in the, in the side, saying, yeah, put up your hand. And Hin said, I don't want to put up my hand. I, know what I'm, I don't know what it's for. And she said, put up her hand. Maybe we'll make some friends. So, so he put up his hand. And then the man at the front said, okay, if you put up your hand, come like down to the front. And Hin said, I'm not going to do that. And May said, no, no, you have to go to the front. Maybe we'll make some friends. So Hin tells the story. He came to the front, sat down. Some people were talking to him. He just nodded his head, said yes a bunch of times. And six months later, he found out that's the day he became a Christian. <laughs> well, since that time, uh, Hin and May have, have grown, become mature, strong believers. Hin has served as elder of our church. And they are uh, completely committed to helping newcomers settle into Canada so they can find the same uh, joy in Christ that Hin and May found. It's usually easier for us to spend time with those who are most like us. I know some find it hard to be with new Canadians, maybe because of an accent, or different customs, or maybe foods that are different. God has always planned for his people to be one, to be unified. Paul taught, there is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one. In Christ Jesus, we are now one body. We eat the same bread. We are baptized by one spirit into one body. Jesus prayed that we would be brought to complete unity. The unity we have as believers will will not reach its perfection until the final and glorious day when those purchased for God from every tribe and language and people and nation will be a kingdom 
and priests to serve our God and will reign on the earth. Helen and her teenage son Carl are immigrants who started uh, coming to the beginner ESL class on Saturday afternoons. They heard the music from our Saturday evening church service, and Carl, who plays the violin, joined the church orchestra. Uh, Helen's husband, John, attended the employment class, and the family started making friends at the monthly parties. One Sunday morning, John and Helen came to the Sunday morning worship service. They said they wanted to study the Bible and joined a Bible study group. This helped them as they had many questions about what it means to be a follower of Jesus. So they come to our home, they've come for meals, they've had, uh, came to bake cookies, Christmas cookies. They took an ESL course that we taught about communion and baptism, and John has become a follower of Jesus. And we're praying his wife, Helen, will give her life to the Lord as well. At our church, we've created a ministry for new Canadians that consists of three parts. This pathway is a strategy for intercultural ministry. Uh, Stage one, settlement classes and events. Stage two, uh, the bridges class. And stage three is the spiritual classes. The stage one consists of settlement classes and events for new Canadians. Our goal is to meet the needs of immigrants in our neighborhood to help them settle well into life in Canada. We provide services that result in people in our neighborhood coming into our church building and then getting to know Christians who show love. We started with an ESL class. We had five volunteers and two students. Every week, we weren't sure if anyone would show up. And as we've grown, we've been able to add other ESL classes as well. We have now two conversation classes each week, uh, ESL classes for beginners, intermediate, advanced students. Twice a year, we offer a six-week citizenship course, a five-week employment course to help new Canadians with resumes and networking skills in the Canadian market. Other classes we offer include an immigrant transitions class, an ESL public speaking class. Our Living in Canada class helps new Canadians learn about finances, parenting, health care, and education in Canada. The monthly parties help us to build friendships. Activities include... Uh, farm trips, camping, curling, hiking, Easter egg hunt, banquets, potlucks. For six years, we offered a regular gym night. We started with ping pong, badminton, added basketball, volleyball, games and crafts, movie nights, and a scrapbooking club. People come to these classes and events because they want to learn, to find a job, to make friends. Some come because they're bored or lonely, perhaps they're just curious about what happens in the church building. I cannot tell you how many people have told me coming to one of our classes was the first time they'd ever entered a church building. So that's what we do. We just think, what can we do so that immigrants who've never come to a church could walk into our doors and have an enjoyable experience, meet some people, and see what happens? We found that when our immigrant friends feel comfortable, when they find the activities helpful and enjoyable, they're very likely to come back and to try other classes we offer, and then to invite a friend. One recent immigrant from the Middle East uh, we'll call Saura. When she came to Canada, she knew less than 100 English words and was unable to carry on a conversation. Now she's at a CLB level around seven. She attended one of our ESL classes, systematically worked at learning English, one word at a time. At our Bridges class, she began to learn about Jesus and eventually came to faith in Christ and then was baptized. Several years later, her husband was finally able to join her in Canada. And with apprehension, she told him about the changes in her life since she started attending church. 
And thanks be to God, her husband has accepted her with her newfound faith. And he's studying English, working hard. He's like studying full-time and working full-time. We're hopeful the Spirit of God will draw him as well. In Leviticus 19, God said to the people of Israel through Moses, the foreigner living with you must be treated as one of your native born. Love immigrants as you love yourselves. Remember, your people were also once immigrants. I am the Lord your God. So we begin with settlement programming as a way to treat immigrants the way we would want to be treated if we moved to another country. There is little, very little faith content in our settlement programming. We're trying to make friends so we can have real dialogue, real conversations. We don't want our immigrant friends to think we're interested in them only because we want to see spiritual conversion. Of course we want them to learn about Jesus, but we begin by showing them Christ's love. People in churches offer something that cannot be found anywhere else. Uh, when Jason Kenney was Canada's Minister of Immigration, he was speaking to a ministerial in Calgary. And he said, we, speaking of the federal government, we can provide funding for programs, but what we cannot provide is love and community. Churches provide love and community that is incredibly appealing, especially for new immigrants who are looking for social connections. A few years ago, my family had a double-decker bus tour in Edinburgh, Scotland. And the tour guide pointed out an old church building, that's it, that was now a tavern. And he commented on how this was a much better use of the property. Honestly, I felt hurt when he said that. I love the church, I love connecting with God's people, and I started to ask, what does the church have to do so the people in the community would miss the church if it was no longer there? Settlement classes for new Canadians are one of the things our church does to make an impact in the neighborhood. It's one of the ways we serve others and show Jesus' love. At our church, we've tried to develop a ministry strategy that focuses on both evangelism and social action. The settlement classes are primarily about social transformation that allows us various ways to show our love for neighbors and ways that helps them settle into Canada. The second stage on the pathway is the transitional class, um, Bridges. It bridges the gap between settlement classes and events, stage one, and spiritual classes, stage three. So the Bridges class focuses on three things, English language, Canadian culture, and Christian faith. It can be difficult for someone who comes to an ESL class or farm trip or line dancing or volleyball club to sign up for an ESL Bible study or Alpha. That can be a big jump. So the Bridges class helps fill this gap. In his article, Making Urban Churches Multicultural, Brian Syme writes, The desire of immigrants to understand Christianity far exceeds most Christians' desire to share their faith. We believe God gave us the idea of the Bridges class to address the spiritual curiosity of new Canadians. Those who come are not usually interested in becoming followers of Jesus, at least not yet, but they're curious about Christianity or about Jesus. Many of them come from countries where they didn't have an opportunity to ask uh, who Jesus was or to ask questions about Christianity. So from a Christian point of view, the Bridges class does not focus on evangelism. Rather, the class is pre-evangelistic. People from various faiths, including atheists, learn about the life and teaching of Jesus while studying English language, Canadian culture, and Christian faith. 
Our settlement classes can be a place where students belong before coming to believe in Christ. Many students have told us that the people in these classes are their family. Our Bridges class combines belonging and believing. So although the focus of the class is pre-evangelistic, many come to faith through the witness of our church volunteers and the words and life of Jesus that we read each week. Mark first came to our church building when he wanted to attend an employment class. We helped him with his resume. He wanted an English name, uh, so our friend May helped him choose the name Mark. Mark got a job and started attending one of the ESL classes. He was a retired junior high school English teacher in China, and though he had good conversation skills, he wanted to improve. So eventually Mark came to the Bridges class and attended for a year. One day while Mark was shoveling snow on his driveway, he suddenly had a heart attack and he died. We were shocked and saddened. We didn't know if Mark had given his life to Jesus yet. And when May and my wife, Patty, went over that evening to be with his family, his adult daughter told us that Mark, the head of his Buddhist family, had gathered his family around him to tell him that he now believed in Jesus. Three times throughout the past year, he declared to his wife and children and his grandchildren he was now learning about Jesus and believed in Jesus. What a comfort this was to all of us who loved him, for we know that Mark will one day join that group from every nation in the eternal praise of our Lord. The third stage of the pathway to Jesus is the spiritual classes. This is what churches are good at. Bible studies, Alpha, things like that. I cannot tell you how much fun it is to teach an ESL Bible study. The students who come are usually close to faith, or have already made a decision to follow Jesus. They ask heartfelt and profound questions, and we pray together for our physical and spiritual needs. Last spring, I was talking uh, before our Bible study with one of the students named Emma, and she told me, today I became a Christian. Earlier that day, she participated in our Holy Spirit weekend, and one of the pastors had prayed with her as she received Christ. Our friend Aaron had become a follower of Jesus the previous November and was about to be baptized. He had questions about it, so I asked him and Emma and the rest of our class to observe a baptism service. After the baptisms, I asked my Canadian friends if they had questions about baptism. So one student, Olivia, she's on the left, had been going back and forth for quite a few months, trying to decide whether or not she should also be a follower of Jesus. So she talked to Aaron. They're from the same, same culture, same language, same country. She asked him all sorts of questions about why he has chosen to follow Jesus. And then after watching the baptisms, she said she should get baptized too. So Aaron was baptized the next day. Later that day, we heard about a woman, Chloe, who attended ESL classes at our church, was now attending a Chinese church in her neighborhood. She's become a follower of Jesus and is growing in her faith. The day after that was a Monday. I met a woman, Stephanie, who attended our Bridges class five years ago, and when she stopped coming, we lost track of her. Until recently, she returned to attend Alpha class, and she's become a follower of Jesus, learning the basics of the Christian faith. So earlier this summer, Olivia became a follower of Jesus. We're talking with her husband and teenage daughter. They attend classes, but are not yet ready to make that decision. And I told the people in the first service, though her husband is not ready to be baptized, he talks like a Christian and he prays like a Christian. So he's really, really close. 
Another immigrant, uh, Michelle, she's the one on the right, she came as a student seven years ago. <laughs> and she's been part of our group for seven years. And she became a, um, a follower of Jesus on the same day as Olivia. And she was baptized this past October. So at the beginning of the sermon, I talked about Kathy, Kathy uh, and her coming to faith. Well, Kathy uh, was divorced from her husband, but her ex-husband remarried. And the new wife is a strong believer. And her daughter, her daughter's name, Julie, she thought that only old people were Christians. And then uh, Julie came to Canada and she met our friend Esther. Uh, Esther's on the right there. Esther's a seminary student, a strong follower of Jesus. And as they got to know each other, uh, Julie became a uh, Christ follower and was baptized in August by Esther. So we don't usually receive this kind of spiritual encouragement all at once, but we're so thankful to God for his work and what he's doing in the lives of immigrants to Canada. We feel a great deal of responsibility to help these new Canadian friends as they study the Bible and learn more about what it means to be a Christ follower each day of our lives. Our pathway is designed to make it easy for immigrants to move from stage one, then to stage two, finally to stage three where they become mature followers of Jesus. We found that on average, for every 10 who attend settlement classes, uh, four will attend bridges and two will attend spiritual classes. So at our church, when everything's functioning, we usually have about 200 each week at settlement classes, 80 at bridges, 40 to 50 at spiritual classes. So our goal is to increase the settlement programming so that more people will be on the pathway to Jesus. The more students attending settlement classes, the more curious people will find who will come to Bridges, and then the more who will go on to Alpha in ESL Bible studies. Tina is a woman from China who decided she wanted a new beginning in Canada. She moved here a few years ago and started attending some of the classes at our church, uh, attending the Bridges class, uh, weekly Bible study, and then she gave her life to Christ. And one day, while my wife Patty was visiting with her, Tina said she wanted to choose a Bible name. She said her English name, Tina, was just randomly given to her by an English teacher back in China. And we, th we thought for a while and realized, well, Tina is just a shortened form of a name that means Christian woman. So we couldn't think of a better name than the full name that someone had randomly assigned to her. And so Tina is now known as Christina. On the Sunday morning that uh, Christina was baptized, she told the church that she phones her husband back in China to tell him about Jesus. Her husband told her he wanted to know more about Jesus, but didn't know any Christians in his town. So Christina had a chance to fly back to China to visit her family. Her husband and her best friend wanted her to bring Bibles for them, and she was able to do that. Her husband searched their small town and found a building with a cross on the door and discovered it was a place where Christians gathered. So he and Christina were able to visit that small church. Uh, two years ago, Christina's husband and daughter were finally able to immigrate to Canada, and Christina's growing in her faith and teaching her husband and daughter about Jesus as well. Isaiah 62, verse 10 reads, Prepare the way for the people. Build up the pathway. Clear away the stones. Raise a banner for the nations. So these words from the prophet Isaiah to the people, anticipating the return to the land, 
I believe I have a message for us. By developing a pathway to Jesus, we can remove the stones, the barriers, the obstacles, the hurdles that keep new Canadians from Jesus. And we can raise a banner for the nation so that they can become followers of our Lord Jesus. This morning we've talked about ways in which God has been working with newcomers to our country. I hope this has been an encouragement to you. And I pray the Spirit of God will continue to give you wisdom in your ministry with new Canadians here in Winnipeg. I am so thankful to God for all the great things this church has been doing to assist newcomers to Canada. And I look forward to hearing about the new relationships you will develop in the coming months. I wrote a few questions. Who are the curious people that might attend settlement classes or events hosted by the people of this church? Who are the unfulfilled people who will hear about something great this church is doing, who will join in, and through a volunteer experience, learn about the joy of following our Lord? Who are the lonely people living here in the neighborhood who don't yet know they will soon be making friends with the people of this church? Let's pray. Lord God, thank you so much for this church, your people, called out to do uh, the work of the ministry. I pray you continue to fill them with your Holy Spirit, guide them as they show your love. My prayer is you would bring many, many more people to this church, grow this church in great ways so they can serve this neighborhood in powerful ways for the sake of your kingdom and your glory. Amen.